Now, the Bobby Curran Show on ESPN Honolulu. Good morning and welcome to the Thursday edition of the program. I'm Bobby Curran along with Tanner Hayworth. Between us, we'll try and bring you the complete world of sports, pros, colleges, high schools, other sporting events taking place here with guests and giveaways and, of course, your phone calls. Well, the uh, the new NBA is underway and uh, led by Victor Wenbayama. I think that's going to be a very, very interesting development. And as Tanner pointed out when I came in, his 15 points were the same amount of points Tim Duncan scored in his debut for the same team, the San Antonio Spurs, and for the same coach in Greg Popovich. I actually think he's in the right spot. I think Popovich really gets uh, player development, and I think he's able to work with big guys. He's kind of a big guy himself, even though he was, I believe, Popovich. Didn't he play at Air Force, I want to say? But he had a... Uh, he had a big man's mentality, and I think that, he, that he, big men have always done well with him. David Robinson did well. I think that's obvious. So I think Wenbayama is Wenbayama is in a fabulous uh, position, and it's funny because that N in his name it's really Wem W E M and then B A N Yama, so Wenbanyama, and he is a unbelievable player. The the comments made by Luka Doncic of the Mavericks who beat the Spurs last night in the postgame, so he said he's amazing. He said this is a point guard at, at almost seven foot four, And I think that's quite true. His skills, part of it was because he grew to his full height so late. I mean, a lot of the things he had developed as a basketball player, he was 6'3", 6'2", so, which is, you know, that, that's an NBA point guard and, and maybe even short for one these days. So, you, don't, you know, you see bigger point guards than that in the league. Here's a guy that just sprouted past everybody and uh, got to be nearly seven foot four. I, th- I think he's going to be an unbelievable player. Big question. And it's funny because it's for opposite reasons, but I have the same concerns about him that I did about Zion Williamson because I, is he going to be able to stay healthy? Well, Zion was carrying so much weight that every and his vertical was so high that every time he went up to 44 inches in the air, and and then you're coming down with 290 some odd pounds, I mean it was inevitable to me that that Zion Williamson was going to have some injury issues. Now he seems to be back and healthy, and when he is, he's he's unreal. He is just un, almost unstoppable. For Victor uh, Wembanyama, I think the problem is going to be staying healthy for for the exact opposite reason. He's not. He's very very lean, and the NBA is a rough game. I mean, you get inside against some of these guys. They might not be great players all the time, and uh, but they are physical, and I think we've seen that in a number of cases. I mean, guys who get very physical with people, and that's don't look at uh, what is his name, Dylan Brooks. Uh, and he's a, I mean, a guy that has lost favor with uh, uh, a number of different people in the league because he's so physical that he gets thrown out of games. What happens when a guy like that starts to have to run into or decides he's going to be running all over 
of Victor Wemby. And that's what everybody's calling him now, Wemby. I love it. And uh, But the guy's skill set is, I, I don't think we've ever seen it. I mean, we've had skilled bigs. I mean, you couldn't say Kareem Abdul-Jabbar wasn't skilled. He was tremendously skilled. But it was mostly with shooting and sky hooks and you know, positioning and footwork. This is a guy whose ball skills are off the damn chart. And that's going to be interesting to watch. I can't wait to see him in year two. That'll be really something. I mean, this is going to be a learning year for Wemby, I think. That's just my sense of it. Um, it's six minutes past six o'clock. The, with the NBA uh, really keying up now for a good season, I think they'll have one. There's some guys, though, and I, I remember the excitement that people had when Chris Dapps Porzingis was drafted by the Knicks. He, well, he's now going to be playing against the Knicks tonight for the Celtics. But in my mind, Porzingis has been a disappointment. I, I mean, yes, he's a good player, and he's a very good shooter for seven feet, but he's not a guy that can bring the ball up the floor. He's not going to distribute. He's not going to gather a bunch of assists. He's not really the same kind of player at all as Wemby. And I think Wemby's going to prove to be a very, very tough matchup for most bigs. Do you put, and if you put a smaller guy, and the guy's excellent at posting up. So you're going to put a, like an athletic 6'6 guy on him? Forget it. That's not going to work. He's given up nine, almost 10 inches, and that's going to be murder when you have to go up against Wemby. So good stuff there, and I, I think it's going to be fun. We'll be talking a little NBA. We've got more basketball to talk about later in this uh, program. I did want to spend some time, though, uh, in this, at the end of this first segment, and we'll have more of it later, on San Jose State's return. Good story in the uh, Honolulu Star Advertiser by uh, Stephen Tsai. I thought that was really interesting. Stephen Tsai has kind of gone into the back, and for people who didn't know, leaving for Chevin I don't think was easy. But remember, Todd Graham had been the coach, and and he says it flat out. He lost his, he lost his joy of playing football. He no longer was enjoying it. And uh, so he needed a change. I, to this day, believe that if Timmy Chang had been hired earlier, I think Chevin Cordero might well have been convinced to stay. Because I, I think he'd, he'd know that he's going to be in an offense that he's comfortable in. He's got people who believe in him here. I just think that might have made a big difference. You could have returned his, uh, his love for the game quite easily. But I didn't know that he was best friends forever since second grade with Jonah Pinocchio, which is interesting. Jonah Pinocchio's taken a totally different path because he's decided to stay. He's got three children. His roots are here. I mean, there was never a question of him leaving. And he's having, starting to have a pretty productive year now that he's healthy. Um, interesting stuff. And, and everybody's talking about, you know, you're going to shut it out while the game's going on. You know, I think that's more easily said than done. Give us your th You might have a thought on that. 808-296-1420 is the number. Call or text. We got Mike on the line. Hi, Mike. Hey, good morning, Bobby. I had a call in about this Michigan stuff. I mean, it's just funny as heck. Um it boggles my mind um, that they would have some kind of rinky-dink uh, operation like this. You mean with this uh, the so-called stealing Spygate. stuff and spying? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, when the Washington Post gets involved, um, it's 
apparently the NCAA is on campus right now, and it looks like it's an internal disgruntled employee that called them out. And you know, the, half three quarters of the Big Ten schools hate Michigan. I mean, because there's a certain arrogance about that school. Even when they were losing, they think they're better than everybody. They're, you know, they, when they lose, you know, it's because the other teams are cheating and recruiting and stuff like that. And you knew, I, I think that you have talked about it, said your brother went to, uh, was recruited by them or something like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that um, they, they per, per, uh, portrayed themselves as above board and that kind of stuff. You know, this this is interesting. I don't know how many people know it, but I know it because of his experience at Michigan, is that they, when he went up to visit, they wanted to put him in this sort of remedial program. Um, and then he's a kid that had 1250 college boards. He had a 90-plus average at an excellent uh, Catholic school. You know, you can think the level of, uh, you know, Iolani or Punahou or Midpac. And, right. and, and he was a really good student. And he was incredibly insulted that they that they wanted to put him in this you know you know crip classes where it was so easy and but what would the degree mean and he just right. he just wrote them off right then interesting yeah, exactly but here's but, now connect the dots here Mike this is interesting have you, I don't know if you've seen this but Jim Harbaugh has been singing the praises of Justin Herbert the sin the, the L A Chargers head coach right. a lot of people feel that that might be Harbaugh's next stop. That he may yeah, I'm, I'm, he he may flee yeah. before this thing gets too serious on him. Even if he well, got kicked off, yeah. Even if he got, um, I don't know that Michigan will kick him out. But if he's going to endure a suspension, et cetera, he might just decide. You know what? I'm going back to the NFL, and I don't think Brendan Staley is long for it. No, he makes weird he's decisions. Got and, business, anyways. Harbaugh's yeah. got unfinished business. No doubt, should have won that Super Bowl. Yep. And the thing thing about. Uh, it, it kind of reminds you. I was. It reminds you of a, a, a guy that's getting a ninety in the class, but he wants to get a hundred, so he skirts it. He cheats a little bit. And you're already good, so why do you have to do that? Huh? I hear you. And anybody yep. who says that oh, this these uh, low level staffers are doing this on their own are crazy. Nothing happens at that school that Harbaugh is not. And everybody, even the administrators, are afraid of him. I just right. think that's crazy. So you know Harbaugh's all over this. So he, yeah, whatever would, denials that he makes are completely hollow to me. That guy sitting right next to the, um they've got him on film, that kid that supposedly, and he has that placard, and he's right next to the offense and defense coordinator, depending on who has the ball, right? And they're looking at this thing, and they call, then they call the play. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. On the defensive side. I mean, but anyways, and then what bugs me is they're saying that, well, it doesn't help the other team. Well, why don't you just freaking have your defensive coordinator up and the offensive coordinator of the other teams in the booth with them when they're calling the play then? Right. I, I you know? No, I, I mean, anyways. I just think that there's Harbaugh's always been a little weird. I mean, the fact that right. he goes and has sleepovers at recruits' houses and, you know, he's a weird, he's a weird cat. I just right. think we have to accept that. Right. But, the, yeah, they're, they're up there now. NCAA is up there now. So they, they think there's going to be something by the, by the end of this weekend. I can't imagine them sticking it to them in, in season, though. Can you? No. I, I just think that there's – I think people are going to look at this and see it for what it is. How serious is this? I mean, you plan all week. you got plenty of tape. 
I mean, your tendencies, they know, everybody knows everybody's tendencies and what they do, you know, third and short, second and long, et cetera. Right. I just think this is overblown uh, to some degree because although I think it's sketchy and sort of typical Michigan, I don't think it's that serious. And I think if you put a draconian penalty on the Wolverines right now, people are going to say, look, you guys are just targeting this guy. I, that's yeah, what I think, I think right. the, that I think will be the public perception. Right, I think you're right. I, I like seeing them squirm now. <laughs> well, they're squirming, I'm sure, and I'm sure this makes Harbaugh a little uncomfortable. Not because of any, because of what he did, but because he's been caught. Right. And I think that's yeah. Harbaugh all over. Anyway, right. I got. Hey, Mike, it, I got to take a timeout, and it's uh, it's 14 minutes past six o'clock. We'll be right back. We're going to start to talk. A little more basketball, some of the things in the NBA. I got to admit, it was jarring to me, absolutely jarring, to see Chris Paul in a Golden State uniform the other day. That was weird. We're going to be right back, right here on ESPN Honolulu. Welcome back to this Thursday edition of the program. A lot going on, some good college football games this weekend. Want to talk a little bit about some of the more interesting ones. I, I think one game that could have a lot to do with whether the Pac-12 gets a team into the playoffs. The Oregon is visiting Utah. Oregon is a six-and-a-half-point favorite in that one. I'll tell you what, if I'm, if I'm picking an upset, it's going to be Utah. I think Utah's a really well-balanced team. And we'll, we'll find out because uh, they are—Utah's uh, really tough. I, I think that Oregon is a bit more of a finesse team, and they'll have trouble, I think, with Utah's physicality. Let's get to this one. I don't think this one will be a good game. Georgia at, uh, versus Florida in Jacksonville at the world's largest outdoor cocktail party. By the way, both schools are trying to get people to stop saying that. But the more they encourage you to stop saying that, the more I want to say it. Why, what is that? Is that me? I guess it is. Because, let's face it, people came up with that nickname. It is a huge party atmosphere. And, uh, you know, listen, I think live with it. That's how it is. But I don't think Georgia is going to have a big problem with the Gators. I think they'll cover that 14-and-a-half-point spread fairly easily. And... Now, I'm looking at Ohio State at Wisconsin. There are times when that is a great game because Wisconsin always has a punishing running game. If they can get up on you, that, that can be a real issue. I don't know that that's going to happen this time. So I think Ohio State could get away from them. Uh, I probably would take Ohio State also minus 14 and a half. Okay, here's one that's interesting. Somebody said this is the biggest football game these basketball schools have ever played, but Duke is ranked number 20. It's visiting number 18, Louisville. Um, I, that's interesting. Now, they, Duke lost to Notre Dame. Louisville beat the Irish. I'm not sure, uh, though, that that's going to matter much in this game. And if Riley Leonard is reasonably healthy, and we know he's injured, but he's probably going to play, if he, can, uh, if he can perform, say, at 90%, I think they have a real chance in that game. And, you know, I, I'd probably take Duke plus four and a half if I was a betting man. 
You know, it's funny because this is a game. The next one that I'm going to talk about is a game that you would never think was going to be a big deal. I just have to say that I'm looking at this, and it's Oklahoma, number six in the country, minus 10 at Kansas. Now, when should that have ever been a game? That used to be, you, know, you could rely on that being 51 to 3 in previous years. Not so much. Kansas is better than they've been. And I think that's just the, 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 my sense of it. Now, the Sooners have won 18 straight against the Jayhawks. They're hoping their quarterback, uh, Jalen Daniels, comes back. But some people are predicting a fairly close game here. I think it well could be closer uh, than the 10-point spread. Uh, we'll see. Uh, I may be totally wrong about that, and Kansas may start to look more like Kansas, which would mean a bigger spread. 24 minutes past 6 o'clock. If you have something, uh, go ahead. Our, our next guest coming up bottom of the hour is going to be Cody Kelly. He's the newest assistant basketball coach at the University of Hawaii. They have NCAA has expanded the coaching staff allowance by two. He has come in. He, he's an interesting cat because he's from Gillette, Wyoming, state player of the year there as a senior in high school, signed with the state's biggest school at the University of Wyoming, was there for a year, I think, before he transferred, possibly two. I'm, I'm shaky on that and that one. But then he transferred to South Dakota, where he became a very good player. And he, is a, as a point guard, and Brad Davidson, another Hawaii assistant, was on that staff, which is how those two met. And he, is invo he was involved in, uh, in Hawaii pursuing uh, Cody Kelly to be an assistant coach. We'll have him on bottom of the hour. What I'm interested in finding out was how has the team responded to that blowout loss to St. Mary's. Now, it's an exhibition, uh, but I do think both teams played it straight up most of the first they played a one game, an actual game, and then they also played 12 minutes sort of of a special game for the younger players. And Hawaii tied St. Mary's in that, which is it tells you something about Hawaii's new players. And uh, But I think that St. Mary's was probably a bridge too far. I don't think there's anything wrong with doing that and playing someone better. You find out where you're at. But I do think that there's, uh, that was a shellacking that Hawaii didn't expect to be so dramatic. So we, uh, we're going to be talking about that, too. It's 26 minutes past the hour. Uh, if you wanted to weigh in, is, now's a great opportunity. Um, I don't know. I'm looking to see uh, how big an underdog Hawaii is against the San Jose State. Are you paying attention to that, Tanner? I don't know if you are, but, but I know Hawaii's an underdog. I just don't know how big at this point. And those lines are shifting uh, around the country, they're shifting. More than I can recall in the past, I'm seeing lines changing actually during the week. So 10 and a half. Now, I, I think a lot of people might think that's a lot. Uh, other people will say, are you kidding me? San Jose State blew out New Mexico. Hawaii gets creamed by them. They're going to say 10 is probably not enough. So I, I think it's the way you look at it. Will, will Hawaii have a little something special because their former quarterback is now the star quarterback at San Jose State? We have to Chevin Cordero's transfer. I think it's an interesting dilemma, but it's going to be fun. Okay, watch Cole Mousoff as he sits down with Occidental College and HBA alumni and track star Shane 
uh, Kawakami Williams with Grinds from The Surfing Pig. It's the latest episode of Athletes on your YouTube channel or ESPN, Honolulu.com, brought to you by Central Pacific Bank, Hawaii's best bank. Welcome back on this Thursday edition of the program. I, I don't know what everybody else's feeling is. Uh, you could evaluate, though, and, and we all do, uh, what happens when you get to a situation that it's Thursday night, you're ready for Thursday night football. I would say the games have been somewhat more interesting this year than they had been in previous years, just how it strikes me. I don't know if everybody will agree with that, but I'm sure some people will and some people uh, won't. That's just uh, sort of how it works. And I, I'm not sure if we could say that, hey, this is going to be, uh, Thursday Night Football is going to continue to be a big thing. I, you know, I know everybody wants a, a slice of the NFL. Now, remember, you have to watch this on Amazon, which is an interesting deal. So I, you know, listen, I couldn't tell you really much about that. Um, I don't know any of the things that go on with television. I think that's interesting, but I don't know much about it. So anyway, if you have something that you'd like to talk about, go ahead, fire it up. It's uh, 808-296-1420. We are awaiting uh, Cody Kelly to join us, and hopefully that will be in the near future so we have some time with him. And uh, he's an interesting cat, and he has had—I I was talking to him yesterday briefly— as we got ready for this, I said, wow, you grew up in, in Gillette, Wyoming, and then played at South, transferred to South Dakota. I mean, you must be in heaven being here in Hawaii, because let me tell you, those are two of the coldest places in North America. I mean, it gets crazy cold. So he's used to that. Um, he'll, be, he'll be, unlike everybody else, he'll be at home when they go to Utah uh, late November, because that's unlikely to be as cold as where he's been. Uh, so anyway, and I asked Brad Davidson, he also says, yeah, it's uh, really nice to be in Hawaii. I, I can't imagine living in Gillette, Wyoming. Just saying. That'd be hard for me. Go ahead if you have something you'd like to talk about, because we have, uh, surprisingly, a couple of extra minutes here if you'd like to go ahead as we await uh, Cody Kelly's arrival. It's 35 minutes past. If you have something... Uh, we now have him. Let's uh, welcome Cody Kelly to the program. Hi, Cody. How are you? I'm doing well, Bobby. How are you? Good. I was just talking about you a little bit, and uh, because when we was chatting yesterday, and you know, you grew up in Wyoming, played at the University of Wyoming, transferred to South Dakota. Did it, did it ever occur to you? Oh, you know what? Maybe I'll go Florida or Texas or Louisiana or someplace warm. Did that ever <laughs> occur to you? It's funny. Um, I actually did live in Florida for a year, um, so I have kind of been down there. Um, but, you know, I just thought Midwest was kind of a, 
a place I grew up and, you know, they love their basketball in the Midwest and, and that's kind of where I felt most comfortable. Um, but it didn't ever occur to me I could be living in a place like Hawaii, I'll tell you that. Well, uh, now you're here, and the NCAA probably helped this because they've expanded the uh, allowance for coaches on staffs, and you are getting to do a lot of what uh, every first-year you know, assistant coach does, you know, the travel and the hotel booking and all that. It's really thankless because all you can do is get in trouble. You, you, can't, you don't get any special kudos for that. But, I mean, it's part of the process, and you're on your way. No, absolutely. You wear a lot of hats. Um, it's not an easy job, but it's very uh, rewarding. Um, I love what I do every day. I get to do a lot of stuff with, like you said, travel. And I'm our CFO, so I deal with all our finances. And I also deal with all the film study and player development on the floor. And so it, it's a lot of things. You, you wear a lot of hats, but you learn as you go, and, and you try to do your best every day. Let me let me get this from you because I, I think I don't think anybody who was reasonable would expect that Hawaii was going to beat St. Mary's in that exhibition game because that's a ranked team that returns 12 of 14 players from last year. That would have been an incredible, in my mind, that would have been an incredible upset had Hawaii won that. But I, on the other hand, I don't think anybody thought they were going to get beat 34 points or whatever it was. So, I mean, it was just a dominant performance by St. Mary's. What was the atmosphere both after the game and early this week in practice? You know, I think after that game, you're kind of waiting for a response, right? Like you're always like looking at your players, looking at your team, like how are we going to respond to this adversity? Um, because you truly don't know who you are until you get punched in the mouth, right? And and that's what St. Mary's did to us. And um, this week has been one of our best weeks of practices. Um, we kind of, we've all said this, like, this is the best thing that could have happened to us. Like, it's better to have, have this stuff happen early um, than late. And, yeah, credit to St. Mary's. They're an amazing amazing team right now. And, like you said, they returned 12 people, and they had us had us beat by size at pretty much every position. And um, they played well. And we didn't have our best outing, but um, that's what this week of practice was about, is fixing those mistakes. What, where could have we done better, and where do we need to improve moving into the, to, uh, you know, real games? In terms of what had to be fixed, what, what did you guys prioritize going into this week? toughness right so a lot of times uh you can go through practices uh and and you just get a it gets a little monotonous right you're going to practice day after day for a month and then you kind of there's so many different things to work on right that you kind of forget um your core values every now and again and, and one thing that we kind of let go was just toughness right making sure our players are are tough and fighting each other each and every day and and, and fighting for the rebound and and screening hard. So, like, we really focused on setting hard screens and, and going for a, a, a tough rebound and boxing out and little things like that that really win college basketball games is just being tough and gritty. And, and so we kind of got back to that a little bit. You know, I was a little surprised at some of the performances. I, You know, one guy who I, I just think you can count on is uh, Javon McClanahan. I mean, he's just uh, gritty, and he sticks his nose in, and he's fearless. And I just love his game. And yet, when he had to guard, say, Augustus Marchionis, that's a tough matchup because of the size. Yeah, I mean, and Javon's going to see that throughout the year. Like, we make no excuses, and Javon's definitely not a guy that makes excuses. Uh, I was a small guy myself. 
right? Um, there's other ways that you can defend those those guys. Like he may have, um, you know, six inches on Javon, um, but like you said, Javon has the toughness. He's tenacious. He's 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 pretty. He, he's witty. Like he he's able to get his hands in places that other players can't. And and like yeah, so he he has success. And um, but I think he learned a lot from it as well. One of, one of the things, and I, I suppose this is the coaching thing, is you said toughness to start. I thought you guys could have done a better job sometimes rebounding. I thought you could have done a better job uh, taking care of the basketball. Yeah, offensively, um, yeah, offensively, we're not there yet. We could have did a better job taking care of the basketball. And some of those um, were, just, were just off by just a little bit, right? Our passes was just a little bit one foot to the right or one foot to the left. And so when you really break down the film, we're not that far off. You just have to, you know, clean up some of these little details that could have resulted in three points, right? We did, we did everything well. We did 95% of the job. The shot was there, but the pass was just a little off, right? So those are the things you kind of get back in the gym and, and you get back into the skill work and, and make sure these guys are, their skills are up to par so we can, we can make those plays in the future. Yeah, I'm a huge fan of Juan Munoz, and I thought that he might have a better game than he did. But then I thought to myself, well, the guy hasn't played in forever, real real minutes in a couple of years. I think he got a few minutes in an exhibition last year, and that was got hurt again, and that was that. So are you, in, are you basically encouraged of, at the prospects of him coming back to the guy that was kind of an all-conference player uh, in his last stop? Yeah, I mean, A1 is an incredible kid. He's an incredible human being. Like, he, he's been studying film. He's, he's looked at everything with the game. Like, he's learning from it. And you're right, he hasn't played in a while. So it, it is different. And that's kind of what these exhibition games are for and, and closed-door scrimmages. Like, we, we do these so we can, we can get these first-game jitters out of the way. We can, you know, figure out what we need to work on. And, and Juan's been great at that, um, um, lately, right? Like he's been in the gym figuring it out, and and he's he's had really really great practices. So I have all the faith in the world in Va- in uh, Juan, and and he knows that. Um, so I, I'm I think his arrow is only going to go up from here. Well, I'm excited to see what can happen. I think this team can be pretty good, but but as you say, this is there are little things that make huge differences in a college basketball game, and it looks like that's where this. This team is at now. Your next outing is is against UH Hilo, and is that an exhibition also? Um, yeah, we're still working the details out, but um, yeah, that'll be our next one. It, you know, they use this this weird thing, and we've I've, we've seen it before here that it counts as a game for one team and is an exhibition for the other. That's kind of weird, isn't it? Yeah, it just depends on each team gets a certain number of exhibition games. It depends on how you want to count it on your schedule. Do we get two? I mean, is that what the NCAA allows, two, two exhibitions? Yes. All right, so I, my guess is that this one – because here's the thing. You beat a Division two team, and generally Hawaii has been, prevailed in those situations, as you would expect, but they don't do you much good in terms of RPI and all that stuff. So it seems to me that you might as well make it an exhibition. Yeah, yeah. I mean, everyone has a different viewpoint on something like that, but the main thing is, is that, you know – um, we get to have a good competition, like figure out where we need to improve, right? So it's like every game is serious for us. It doesn't matter who we play. We should be able to, you know, get back to the details of like what we value and, 
Um, we don't want to play down to the competition, so that's also a skill that we're working on. So it doesn't really matter um, to us. We're excited to play anybody who comes our way. We're talking with Cody Kelly, newest assistant coach at the University of Hawaii men's basketball program. And, uh, Cody, this is going to be interesting coming up because these next couple of weeks are a chance to get everything. And this is the value of the St. Mary's game. is a great chance to get some things straightened out. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. We've been working on it this week. Um, you know, get just getting things, um, you know, polished, more polished, right? Like, you, you practice a lot and you try to figure out what you need to work on each and every day. But um, at the end of the day, you always go back to your habits, right? College basketball is about habits. It's about what you value. Um, so that's what we've been doing this week is we've just been focusing on our, on our habits and what we value and, and getting back to, to what we do best. Cody, thank you so much for coming on and wish you great success in your uh, fledgling coaching career. I appreciate it, Bobby. Thanks for having me on. And that was Cody Kelly, the newest hire at the University of Hawaii in men's basketball. There's a new place to catch your favorite NFL games, The Lookout, food and drink at Waikai and Ever Beach. Doors open early on Sundays at 6.30 a.m. Enjoy happy hour prices on poo-poo and drinks from 4 to 6 on during Monday and Thursday night football. If your team is losing, at least you can enjoy the breeze, the ocean view, and the beach setting. We'll be right back. back to the Thursday edition of the program. Little reminder, you can win a $1,000 cash grand prize and $100 weekly prizes in ESPN Honolulu's Pigskin Picks, brought to you by M. Dyer Global and Young's Fish Market. Visit ESPNHonolulu.com right now to register. Interesting World Series that starts tomorrow, and it's going to be, but first of all, a couple things. Two wildcard teams. That's something in and of itself. The Texas Rangers... I mean, I, this is amazing. They did not win a, you know, a home game. They, I think it wasn't an all road games they won. Um, really, really interesting and uh, to get to the World Series. Now, very similar for the Arizona Diamondbacks. They, had, they got down 3-2 and were going to Philadelphia to play the final two games. I kind of thought, man, their goose is cooked having to do that. And Arizona came and beat Philadelphia twice to get their spot in the World Series. And yet, this is a game, uh, going to be a series of two teams with contrasting styles. I mean, Philadelphia is playing smash ball. They, can, they hit a lot of home runs. I mean, they're a station-to-station team. They do not, I mean, they don't steal a ton of bases. They're, they're okay defensively. Then, then sometimes I'll see Trey Turner make a play I can't believe. But I would say they're probably not as good defensively as Arizona is. Arizona runs, can beat you 4-2. You don't see that much with Philadelphia. They really do run bases well. They make contact. They're, they're sort of the new wave of uh, teams. I, and I think uh, Corbin Carroll sort of epitomizes that team. Now, he did not have a very good series early in the NLCS and then completely took over Game 7. I mean, that was, that was something. He is obviously their future franchise star. But I also am really impressed with the Arizona Diamondbacks bullpen. They had looked really good. I mean, they were getting guys basically shutting down Philadelphia's high-powered 
uh, bats, and that's hard to do. Most people didn't do it this year, and uh, that's an interesting deal. So the Phillies and the Diamondbacks, uh, we're going to carry all those games. I think the first one's on, uh, is it on CBS 1500, our opener tomorrow? I believe so. And then uh, it's either, the, every game's going to either be on ESPN 1420 or CBS 1500. That's sort of how the plan works right now. To uh, go ahead, if you have something you want to chat about, 808 296 uh, 1420. We've got a couple minutes here towards the end. Here's what I have a question on. There's two opinions on this. And one of them is that the San Antonio Spurs top draft pick, Victor uh, Wembanyama, is going to be a superstar in this league. Other people say, you know what, let's take a wait and see on that. Can he stay healthy? Is it going to be the Zion Williamson phenomenon? Very different cases. But is he going to be a guy that, because he's so lean, is he going to have injury issues? Uh, and I think that's a, I think that's legit. But I'm taking the side that he's going to be a superstar. But I'd love to hear from you on that. And we got a couple of minutes. How good is Victor uh, Wembanyama? I, I, is he that good? I think he. I think in terms of skills, yes. Can he adjust physically? To the rigors of the NBA, much different question, and I'm not sure I know the answer to it. It's going to be a really interesting set uh, that we'll soon find out about. Um, you have something you'd like to chat about? Now is the time. Give us a ringle uh, at 808-296-1420. These are a couple of extra minutes here, and I'd love to hear from you. Well, the homecoming game and the festivities are set, and I was hearing Captain Fun yesterday on the sports animals, and uh, old Eric Matthews was uh, actually he's done a pretty good job at this. They got a lot of fun things going on. So I think this is a homecoming worth taking the kids, worth getting the family together and going down to the, the chain complex because there's a lot to do. And uh, music and food trucks and all the good stuff. We got John on the line. Hey, John, what's up? Hey, Bobby, uh, I'm looking forward to the World Series here. But, uh, hey, another subject uh, like that is that I, I hear there's going to be an outcry at the end of this year that uh, the division leaders shouldn't be sitting out for a week because they're cold when they, uh, you know, because the Braves got beat like two years in a row like that. But uh, so they're, they're a change in the format. I was thinking that you could add a couple more teams to the playoffs and then have them play in the first round so that they're not sitting around for like about a week while the other guys are playing. And then just do a straight seating kind of thing and uh, maybe that could solve that problem. Well, you know, maybe they'll, I don't know. They're so hidebound. It takes so long to get a decision made on changes like that. So I don't know how close they are to that. It's possible. It's possible and I'm not sure it's not, it's not wouldn't be a good thing. Because we are seeing a lot of people who sit out with buys get bounced. No question. Yeah, they lose all their momentum, it seems like. But anyway, uh, hey, I'm kind of rooting for the Texas Rangers, but I'm, I'm thinking that the Diamondbacks are going to win it. Wow, I like both teams. I think it's going to be fun. I mean, I, <laughs> and I like Bruce Bochy, and I was down in Arizona for my surgery, and, uh, and that's, I got a little handle on, on the uh, Arizona Diamondbacks organization and how they do things and how... Uh, Coach Tory operates. I, I think it's uh, these are good coaches, and it's going to be good, good, good series. If Texas ends up winning, uh, Garcia is going to have to be the MVP because uh, 
he'll have to show up like he did in the last one for them to win this. I hear you. Out of time. Thanks for the call. I want to thank Tanner Hayworth. Sports Animals up next. And I'm Bobby Curran from ESPN Honolulu.